Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, the third season of Superman and Lois. The series stars Tyler Hecklin and Elizabeth Tullock. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Season three and... Man, was I surprised that they uh, recast Jonathan Kent. I want to get that right off the bat, which I remember you told me before we uh, before when it first started airing, but I had forgotten. And then when I'm sat and sit, started sitting down, uh, wrote up my normal cast list, and then I'm writing. I saw another Jonathan Kent down the, near the bottom. I'm like, where the hell is this guy? And then first episode, there he is. I'm like, ah, ah, Jordan Elsis is left like left left like they've recast yes and that was his choice as well like he wanted to step away from the show step away from acting for a while and because we had this solid family unit across two seasons it was never going to be an easy job for someone else to come in and just play the character that we'd spent two seasons with already but i've got to be honest michael bishop as Jonathan Kent worked for me. It was always going to be tricky just getting used to another actor, but because of how well written the character of Jonathan always has been, I guess he is the son without his dad's powers. So yeah. he always brings something else. And what we're getting from Jonathan in this season is being a firefighter. Like so he's like he's forging his own destiny. It's like how can he help people without powers? So I think they gave him enough to do as Jonathan. That after a while, I stopped noticing that it was a different actor altogether. Yeah, same. Um, and it's got to be said, he looks more like Alex Garfin than Jordan Elsis did. That's true. A, a, a similar, a more similar like facial structure, which helped sell the brotherly bond. And, you know, they're referencing and all the stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. There, yeah, that that is Jonathan. And the whole show, they've always written Jonathan as his heart is genuinely in the correct place and followed by his actions. Um, like he's the one who like. Which keeps coming up this season blows up the the teams the the school's football program to be like they're dealing this drug the players are on the drug so we're involved because he's protecting his girlfriend Candace um, he's the one with the heart who's you know he doesn't have the big powers so when someone's feeling and you know Jordan keeps doing uh these really annoying, like egotistical things, which any 16 year old kid would do. Jonathan's there. The one who's like bringing him back to earth of like, dude, you're being an asshole. Like <laughs> the way a brother can. Uh, and if there's some, if he, he, if there's a rift there, he's the one who's good at coming in with a real understanding of people of like, no, 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 it's not like that. Like talk to me. I know what you're going through, blah, 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 blah. And he gets a lot of that this season. He does. It's, yeah. When Sophie runs off, he's the one who can like bridge that because he's he's speaking from that same like feeling of being like forgotten because so much has happened around Jordan. 
John's fault for instigating stuff uh, and everything. And, you know, with also with Lois this season, should bring it up here as well. Uh, fighting cancer for the season. So he's getting ignored by his brother and he's being ignored by his parents because there's something vastly more important, which is her health, which is, you know, could be fatal. So he really feels like kind of looked over. Um, yeah. I mean, and- let's, let's not just gloss over this because this, this season. Wow. I mean, they are tackling a very different kind of villain. That first season, we both really liked. Second season, yeah. Earth 2, Duplicates, it it wasn't as interesting or as enjoyable as that first season had been. Season 3, never in a million years would I have thought that this is what they're going to do. It was episode 2 where it was revealed that Lois Lane has been diagnosed with stage three inflammatory breast cancer. And it was a later episode, Clark, he learns that there's no Kryptonian tech that can cure her. So that's that's all going on. But this is this is a threat to their family. And there's nothing that Superman can do. Look at Superman the movie, 1978. Jonathan Kent has a heart attack. With all his powers and abilities, there's nothing that he could have done to change his dad's fate. It's what they got wrong in Man of Steel. Kevin Costner, Tornado. It's it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Super speed. Yeah. It could have. Anyway, it's a diff. It's a different thing. Yeah. But yeah, in this, they do that in this move. This series, there's they a do. Tornado hits town, and he just that's right. Kills it with cold air because that's the physics of how tornadoes work. They hit somewhere well, too cold. The, it wrecks the way uh, the weather, the two weather things that hit is a high temperature hitting a low temperature front and the violence of the the rapidly rising air pushing through colder air creates a spin. You hit it with too much cold air, was, it kills all the energy, the forces can't make. That is literally how you do it. Okay. So, it is go. a scientifically sound way he fight the he and Jordan fight the tornado, which again they could have done in Man of Steel. Like, well, they, they did know how to do this. But <laughs> let's um, let's need let's let's leave Man of Steel. Yeah, different kind of villain. It honestly, I never did I think that we'd get this storyline. Like again, with that first season, Superman and Lois as parents, we've never had yeah. that story in live action before there's been different variations in the comics but this is mainstream this is a big cw show it's you know it's C- cw in the us then the next night it's on hbo max here in australia we get it on binge this is a big show and the characters are tackling cancer when when you've got that episode and the thing is that she just want to lose herself like and it's like you really like, pay into it and it's I mean, Elizabeth Tullock does such a great job and Tyler Hecklin just being that support for her and being there but not doing everything for her in times where he doesn't quite know what he should be doing. It's like the drama is played excellent. But when you've got the episode and going back to Jonathan where his truck is stolen by his girlfriend's dad 
and he knows that he took it. So he goes to confront him. Jordan gets punched. He goes home with a black eye. Lois is like, nope, I don't care what's going on with me. Nobody puts hands on my son. So she goes to confront the guy. He pulls a gun on her, and then they're back at the Kent farm, and Clark comes home, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's about to yeah. it's about to go down, and how it was, how they resolved it was just excellent. We're in a diner. It makes you think of Superman two. Gee, that's funny. I've not seen garbage eat garbage before, or something along yeah. those lines with Christopher Reeve. And then that guy he goes to push Clark, but of course he, he couldn't. It was it was it was so good. But again, just that family being at home and Clark returning, and you're like, yep. It's about to go down. Yeah, yeah. Like this guy made the worst mistake he Absolutely. could ever make. Absolutely. Um, and also, we've had this recently in Thor, Love and Thunder with Jane Foster. This is exactly how serious cancer is and how it should be handled. I mean, they're telling it over the course of a TV season rather than a movie, but with. Love and Thunder, it was completely undermined immediately with the, the amount of humor and jokes in there. Whereas this, it's never like they don't, they forget having like lighthearted bits and pieces in there anyway. But it is super serious. It can, ne- it does not ever leave the minds of the people affected by it. Like even when her, when she goes to the, the Hobbs Medical Center and there's a uh, Clark sitting opposite her and the other two ladies suffering from cancer that, you know, seeing the support and like Lois points a tongue out at him and he responds in kind, like it's a familiarity, like, you know, cause you know, my friend went through cancer and the, what were the things he said helped him through was seeing me every day. And I just treated him like nothing was happening because like everyone else was too busy thinking like, oh my God, cancer. Whereas I, I caught up with him. We watched TV as normal. We made jokes. We hung out like nothing had changed. Uh, and that's kind of the way you, you got to think about it. And that's what adult, they could try and do. Mark's trying not to act that way. He's keep, he looks at it. He tries to look at it the same way. He can't help but be like, should you shouldn't you be resting that kind of stuff like anyone would uh but especially since he's superman like i'll handle it i got (laughs) i got this uh and also that like she's going through chemotherapy and oh crap there's a mudslide gotta go affect it like he still has important things which you know she can tell when he can hear something and he's like not wanting to move initially and she's like go don't like you gotta go it's fantastically well handled. Yeah, Again, they they do it really well. Yeah, Love and Thunder forgot to do. Yeah, it, yeah, they. You're right. Yeah, the, the portrayal that we we get here. I mean, again, this is a CW show, so they weren't going to have her lose her hair. Like, so what what they did instead? You know, I should say. So during the airing of this season, both. Tyler Hecklin and Elizabeth Tullock came to Perth. They were at Supernova Comic Con. 
So I got to go to their Q&A and they were talking about the show. So I got a bit of inside information there, which was really interesting. But normally you'd go somewhere like Super Comic Con to just like chill out and have fun. But of course, there's moments where they're talking about cancer and the approach and, like, and everything else. But the show was still airing at the time. But she was saying that they wouldn't like have her lose her hair. Because again, although they're dealing with serious subject matter, it is still a show. A DC show on the CW. So what they would do? Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So they would have her wear hats, and they would thin her hair out. So they'd cut it a bit thinner to show that she was kind of losing her hair, but not. So they didn't want to lean much thickness and luster. That's it. So they didn't want to lean too far into that. But when you've got the finale, and then she's she makes a decision to have the hysterectomy, and. You, of course, again, it's a CW show, so you don't see, but you just see that Lois removes her top, and Clark just looks down. It's just because the whole thing with with Superman, like the character, is always like he always does the right thing, but always yeah. sets out to do the right thing, and that's like one of the things that's really important for him as a character, as well as all the powers. Like, that's it. Ultimately, he doesn't lie, and he was always doing the right thing. And just that moment between them, like what you mentioned in the hospital, where she sticks her tongue out, and that's just, you see the rapport that the actors have and the characters have, that closeness, but just how he looks down and then looks at, makes eye contact and they kiss, it's like, it's just handled so well. And as you say, Love of Thunder, it's all about jokes. So a lot of does get lost but just the closeness of lois and clark in this show like you really do buy into it yeah and it's massively important like and even the the other actors uh you know whether it's jordan and jonathan the way they have to react um the scene when they're sitting at the kitchen table the boys come in having stolen back their truck <laughs> Yep. And then they come in thinking they're about to get in trouble. And it's like, we've got something to tell you. And they're just like, I've got stage three uh, cancer. And then it, the music comes in and it's the reactions. And you just like, and then every time something comes up with the boys, they're like, I don't want to sp- bother mom and dad. They've got enough right now. Like that is everyone's having to act to it and re- react like believably of how people would. Uh, she's got to hand over her stuff more to, to Chrissy at the at the Gazette. Um, but she doesn't want to, but she has to because she doesn't have the energy. Um, every time she goes to go somewhere or do something, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like every everyone's like, no, 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 no. Everyone like wants to check in on her, whether it's Lana or if it's John Henry Irons, her, her dad. Like they all. And it's important. And it's the other part is there is a villain villain for the season. Um, Mannheim, uh, Bruno Mannheim, played by Chad Coleman, who if anyone's watched The Expanse on Amazon or Walking Dead uh, around, was it between season two and season five? He was uh, one of the bigger characters on there. Um, he's there. He's the head of Intergang, which just think of like a big criminal organization. There's no need to go into specifics of what they're known for. 
but all his stuff is criminally related, except for he has these medical stuff and these hospitals and this community drive um, for what was the suicide slums in Metropolis. Suicide slums? The Narrows kind of thing. Yes. I read, well, I still read Superman comics, but I read a lot of Superman comics in the 90s. Suicide slum featured a lot. You know, you had... um, Bibbo and his whole thing, and it was just a yeah. very prominent thing. So to have it here in the show was excellent. But you've got Mannheim, and you've got this other character, Pia, and she is in recovery, or you know she's receiving treatment. Straight away, you're thinking, well, that's clearly who Mannheim is fighting for. So you were waiting for that reveal. These are actually, they're actually together. Although I did get caught by surprise. Their son is, oh, of course he is. So when you've got Nat Irons and she starts dating that kid that she first met at the party and it's revealed that he's a Mannheim. Oh, I should have seen, I should have seen that coming to Mateo. It should have been so obvious. And he looks familiar. Have you seen? Creed 3. Not yet, no. So there is some flashbacks in that, and he is a young Jonathan Majors in that. But All as right. I'm watching, the eyes really familiar. So he's got his relationship, and again, CW show, I'm going to say it again, the CW, teen show, that kind of thing. So there's going to be the romance Couples are dating different people. So now we've got Kyle, who has started dating, I'm blanking her name, Chrissy. So Kyle and Chrissy, so now they're dating. Towards the end of the season, she's pregnant. And then you've got this person who's now dating that person. And there's a lot of things going on. You've got Lana and John Henry. So that's all happening. But... It's really interesting what's going on between Bruno and Pia because with her name there, she's actually Onomatopoeia, who was a character, a DC Comics character created by Kevin Smith and Phil Hester during their run on Green Arrow. So the villain seemed unadaptable to live action because essentially the character would say sound effects and use them as weapons. But they found a way of changing the gender of the character and have it suit its primarily sound waves. But it's pretty cool that in this live-action DC show, there's a character, a villain, created by Kevin Smith. Yeah, and uh, initially she's wearing that mask that has has a bit of a Rorschach style to it where it would change its shape depending on the sound effect thing she's doing, which... Uh, they eventually ditch once the reveal of who's under there, which was somewhat obvious <laughs> at some point. We all saw uh, it. Coming. But I do like the fact that, yeah, like she is accurate of like you hear the sound effects and that's how the thing that's affecting physically uh, around like makes the sound of a train and some and someone gets hit like the kinetic force of a train or gunfire and it's someone gets shot but there's no bullets it's just the way the sound waves hit them um but yeah it's it's a cool it's visually interesting uh unfortunately the actress has to do the like face which um 
didn't always I would have liked to see her do more of the manipulation of her jaw yeah to show that she's trying to do like even if they had the actress like do your best impersonation of a machine gun like but obviously they wanted the power it's powerful what she's used what she's projecting I'm like yeah I get it that's why the mask worked yeah I get the it yeah didn't we, have to make the face but yeah when you it see is the what actress, it is you have to do yeah. something uh, and also, she's also playing someone suffering from cancer. So she's yeah, yeah. Well, that's thin. it. She's made up to look like a bit more haggard. Uh, you know, she's she's wearing the uh, her, keeping her hair covered as well, so they don't have to have the actress shave her hair. Like, you know, there's all that sort of stuff going on. Um, and with her and Bruno Mannheim, you are seeing a loving couple and doting parents, and you're like, oh, you can see how they raise the kid correctly. Because yes. their reasoning before she suffered from cancer made sense. Um, and they're a good counter for what Lois and Clark are going through. Absolutely. Because- and that's and that's the thing. Like, you know, whether it's Bruno or Clark, they both love their wives and they would do anything for their wives. And that's what we're we're seeing here. So we know that Bruno's done bad things in his past, but he does generally care for Suicide Slum. He cares yeah. for the people. The hospital is legit. I mean, in the basement, there's experiments going on. We've got Henry Miller, Atom Man. So we'd seen him in the first season. We've got that flashback to oh, yeah. Superman in the Golden Age costume, which I, I'm still hoping we get to see that again. So we've got... Yeah. Paul Lazenby, who's playing Atom Man, and he also doubles as Bizarro's monstrous form, so he's pulling double duties there. So you're right. It's not just cancer. We've got the Mannheims. We've got Atom Man. We do get Bizarro, and, you know, we can talk about that later. We've also got Lex Luthor, and I've got to be honest. This is... We've not, had this, we've not had this Lex Luthor before. Somebody else who was in The Walking Dead, Michael Kudlitz, his Lex Luthor, it's the first time I've been afraid of Lex Luthor. Like, then you've, that you've really bought into the fact that this is a scary guy. I mean, of course, we've had Gene Hackman, we've got John Shea and Lois and Clark, Michael Rosenbaum. We've had all these different Lex Luthers, but this version, you buy it. Like, yes, he's at a point in his life that we'd not seen the other ones. Like, he went to jail or to prison for a crime that he didn't actually commit, and he missed out on spending time with his daughter. So all this is going on for him and we get to see what it was like for him when he was first in prison and he starts fighting back and using his intelligence not just violence and and it's obviously it's the look for Lex now isn't it it started with John Cryer bald head beard we got it again Titus Welliver in Titans season four bald head beard who yeah who did a fantastic job he did Uh, he unfortunately didn't stick around too long but this Lex he he's fantastic and he walked to the Kent farm he walked yeah. the whole way and he's got an Otis which I thought was cool Lex needs an Otis yeah ah oh, he he is just fantastic 
Yeah. He does a really great job with what they do, and it is a very different. It's more of a blue collar, Lex, which I found strange. Uh, and also, he's not bold. He's shaved his head, but he's not actually bold. That's something he does to himself by choice in prison, which is exactly how you know who it is. Like, oh, that ginger hair with the goatee, I know who you are. Yep. It's very obvious. Uh, and he's listening to rock and roll. He's wearing denim. I'm like, this, this is... <laughs> it is a different This is Lex. not Lex. Yeah, this is definitely not the Lex I'm familiar with. Like, uh, and even when it comes to later on, when he's doing his experiments with Bizarro, I'm like, he's doing it, like, personally. I'm like, I don't... This is not how I'd see Lex. Lex doesn't get his hands dirty this way. This is, like... He has a guy for this, but um, like he he's figured it out himself, absolutely. But he would absolutely have someone else do this. I know, but again, just like when we reviewed the first season of this show, like it's Superman and Lois, a point in their life we've not seen before. So this is not Lex Luthor that we've seen before as well. Like we're at a point in these characters' lives. That we've not normally seen this far. So I do yeah. like that. But he's out of prison. He's wearing denim, listening to rock music. But it doesn't mean... I mean, this show is coming back for a fourth season. Yeah. yeah. It, might, it has to. It might drop the Given denim. how it ended. Well this, <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? So it's coming back with a shorter season because there's been all those changes... Warner Brothers and, you know, it's, it's a whole thing like certain shows aren't coming back. Like the animated Harley Quinn show is still going, but Stargirl has ended, Titans has ended, pretty much everything apart from Harley Quinn and Superman and Lois. It's coming back for a shorter season. One of the reasons, budget. And with that, a lot of the Smallville cast aren't coming back. Mm. And I've got a feeling we're going to move the show to Metropolis for what could be a fourth yeah, yeah. and final season. Yeah, this the finale of this says that, like, oh, I've got to move the, this person. I've got to move to Metropolis for work. i got to go to Metropolis. Hey, you know, like, if like you come John to Metropolis, Henry. like, yeah, like, we maybe we now we can start Ironworks. I'm like, but he's okay. not coming back, though. He's not coming back for the final season. And th this is the That's thing, right? so strange. <laughs> They've <laughs> it, set it I up. Mean, they they did well. Think about it, right? So let let's talk about that final scene. It ended with Superman and Doomsday flying towards each other to trade massive blows. So we've got no idea how it's gonna play out. Yeah. I, so yeah, they I finished. Like, they finished the finale. This, it literally cuts to black. Mid fight. <laughs> I know, but they. They'd finished, like they'd finished the season and they yeah. didn't yet know if they were going to get picked up for a fourth season. So when they had finished the finale, they didn't know. We knew just ahead of time that it was coming back. But imagine if this show only ended up being three seasons and that was the last thing you saw fade to black. Yeah. And it's a yeah. different kind of doomsday. We've not had this doomsday before because it's that Superman from the other Earth from season two. And Zara. due to exposure to 
was it kryptonite ntk or xk and and just torture and he made him mutate into this doomsday creature yeah which is somewhat comics accurate tortured and killed in a variety of ways until he gets like stronger and stronger that is how doomsday's background goes in it's never been a bizarro superman or a version of superman it was a kryptonian though so it's again it's somewhat accurate it's they're using what they have kind of already set up bits and scraps and stuff um yeah it is it is what it is um again ballsy to end on mid-fight when you didn't know you had another season to wrap it up but the whole thing the whole episode did feel like a series finale i'm moving on out oh, we're getting, we're going to move together and we're going to settle down with these two characters. And this character is going to, like, I'm like, while I was watching it, I'm like, is this ending? This feels very much like a show that's ending. So the Smallville cast uh, didn't know, though. So, so I don't know. Again, like to move the show to Metropolis, that would be one way of not having to explain why all these supporting characters that have been so prominent for three seasons, all of a sudden just aren't around anymore. But we need to talk about the special effects. Now, there's a a new behind-the-scenes video involving Tyler Hecklin just suspended, and it's showing you how they've done the effects. So the, the cape is CG, but the rest of the suit he's wearing. And then there's a guy dressed, he's just top-to-toe, in green, there's a green screen. He's moving Hecklin around in a harness, so he's like he's rotating. And it's from the season three finale when you've got all the destruction and the glow from the daily planet is falling. The special effects in this show look bloody fantastic. They really, really do. So impressive. Yeah. They do a they do a better job than Flash did. Flash and Flash looked good for a TV budget, but I think mainly because it's such a t- uh, family drama base, they don't have to use their special effects as often, which means instead of doing a big sequence per episode, they kind of get to save that budget up and use it every second or third episode. Um, and the action is that much better for it. It gives the special effects guys more time on the on the shots they have to do, and it allows them to go a little bit bigger with those shots. Um, yeah, which is why the, I think this one works. You know, not everyone has the Star Trek budget to, to the current Star Trek shows because they look like movies. Like yeah, their special absolutely. effects are, yeah, like on a whole other level. They're on movie level. But when you don't have hundred million dollars to spend on a season, two hundred million dollars to spend on a season, if you're Amazon Prime show, this is the top of the shelf in terms of. Uh, TV special effects. I agree and, completely, and and they they use it so well. Like it, it really just looked good. The costume, though, when we first were introduced to Tyler Hecklin as Superman, it was in I believe it was the season two premiere of Supergirl. Yeah, and he had that costume that he wore again in the first crossover they did. Was it elsewhere? Yeah, the cape or... kind of connects to the shield a bit more yeah. than just the Superman. Did not like that. And then we've got a much better suit 
for the first season. And again, we've got the Golden Age suit, which is my favorite. Yeah, same. And they they tweaked it with episode two and they've tweaked it again here, but it, it is a great looking suit. There's been there's some subtle differences. The S shield on his chest is now much more prominent having been molded out of a thicker material and the muscle shading on his torso has been tweaked. And the, the entire suit seems like it's a little bit darker and the belt, much like the chest shield is also denser looking in comparison to the season two costume. So they've just made some small tweaks, but it is, it is a good looking suit. But again, like for, what could be just my speculation, the fourth and final season, give us a flashback episode. Give us some more of that golden age suit. Yeah. Or if you're not going to do that, do that suit, but with the current S, not the embossed S, just the, the color scheme. Because the what really stood out for that golden age costume was how bright it was. Absolutely. And I think we both, we both have said this like, Growing up on Lois and Clark's New Adventures of Superman and Christopher Reeve and the comics themselves, like Superman is a bright character. His suit, he's known as Big Blue, not Big Dark Blue, Big Blue. Yeah. Bright primary bold colors like this, this toning down with like that the Snyder stuff did, like the Nolan Batman movies did. They look great on other characters. Just I don't need them for my Superman. I want Superman to be as bright as he should be. Um, yep. so Recent, I'm, I'm with you on that as yep. good as this yeah. costume is it could look better if you, only you had the the balls to go full color with it yeah i mean recent superman costumes the best ones that stand out again the golden age one we we're just talking about but the kingdom come costume yeah from the that, crossover that brandon ralph wears daddy those two are my favorite of recent of recent years and then yeah, yeah, just going back to yeah, Lois and Clark, the the suit that Dean Kane wore with the big S, and you know, I do miss the yellow S shield on the cape. I get it; it yeah. overcomplicates things when you're having a CG cape. But you know, but not necessarily because it's the fabric simulation. Like it's it, it's it, actually uh, easier I, these days. Yeah, which I, which is why I don't got buy to be, it. Like, it's got to be a choice though. It, it's why. Yeah. With the Brandon Routh Superman costume, they put the he's got an S for a belt buckle yeah. because they wanted to put that second S somewhere and it wasn't going to be on his cape. Yeah, okay. Who knows? I get it. Wait and see what happens <laughs> with Superman Legacy. Come on, James Gunn, put the S back, back on the cape. But yeah. I think we're there. The rating, if you're going to rate this season out of five? I'm probably going to come in out of four. Um, I think it's way up there um, with season one, which I is the villain of season two, uh, Ali. Like, she bugged me. I, I, I Even by episode two or three, we both said in that review, if you want to go back and listen to it, how we were kind of were over her very quickly and then we had to suffer through a whole season. This season, however, um, the, the personal stakes, because this is more of a family drama featuring Superman than it is a Superman show, and you get to see some of the family stuff. Um, what they did with uh, Bruno Mannheim and uh, Pia and their son, 
everyone gets something more to do. Uh, I did find the stuff with Sarah and Jordan really annoying because, and that was all on Jordan because he was like, still pissy, like, we're not together. Meh. I'm like, oh, dude, grow up. Like, you should have gotten over like this by now. But other than that's probably little things like that is what dragged it down a little bit for me of like, like we trod over this ground already. We can move on. But yeah, everyone, everyone really brought it. Music's great. Uh, the special effects is really well done. And everyone really like it's it's a culmination of like a solid base for the storyline and everyone's acting coming and like meeting that 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 challenge. Um even even through to even though I didn't like the, that version of Lex because it's not in my head, they did a really good job and it was different, something we haven't seen before. But yeah, it all works. I'm interested to see what they do with this fourth season. How about yourself? Yeah, just on Lex again, I like how different it is. And, and again, finding him really intimidating, looking forward to to him, him coming back. The music, the composer, all three seasons, Dan Roma. He was also a composer, or he composed the Disney Pixar movie Luca. That's another big thing that he's done. But yeah, he really gets the gets the emotion. It gets the it gets the heroics, and that's what this show does really well. I mean, the cancer storyline this season is a real gut punch at times. But then it's also got the humor, the action, the special effects. You know, they do such a good job. So, like you, I'm going to come in at a four out of five. Well, that's it for our episode all about Superman and Lois Season 3. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>